Welcome back to Jim Brown's Common Sense. Now, here's your host and professor of thinkology, Jim Brown. Hey, I told you before I want to talk a little bit about robots taking over so many jobs in the U.S. and all over the world. Manufacturing is already seeing robots come into that segment. I wonder how prevalent this is going to become and how widespread we're going to have robots, not just in the long-range future, but the near future. Lou Weiss is joining me right now. He's a national and international business and manufacturing professional, uh, and he co-hosts uh, a, his own radio show called Manufacturing Talk Radio. Want to get his thoughts on this. Hey, Lou, welcome to the Common Sense Show today. Hey, thanks for inviting me. Appreciate it. Lou, we see the movies with the robots in them, and we hear a little bit about robots to some degree, but I'm not sure it's hit home to most Americans as to how prevalent the robotic world is going to be in, in taking over any number of aspects of manufacturing and uh, restaurant service and any number of things along that line. Give us your view in terms of what you've watched about how prevalent that the robotic world is going to be in taking over present jobs in this country. Uh, I've been in the manufacturing uh, industry at one form or another for the last 50 years, so I've seen some, you know, major, major changes. And uh, when we started Manufacturing Talk Radio, we got more involved in it. We've done actually a lot of shows and had a lot of guests on the uh, on the topic. Uh, right now, there's about uh, one point. Five million uh, robots here in this country alone, and we're only the third country um, uh, in the list of countries that are uh, well uh, placed in it. Japan is number one, China's number two, we're number three, uh, um, Germany is number four, and Korea. Uh, the, the bottom line is that uh, robots are here, and they're here to stay. And, and I think there's going to be um, an evolution, and, and I'm frankly, I'm calling this evolu- revolution, this industrial revolution, I'm calling it the industrial evolution, uh, unlike uh, the 1890s and the early 1900s. Eighty percent of the robots are basically in three industries, uh, the automotive, electronics, and the metal industry. A good many of those jobs people don't even want anymore because they're they're tiring, they're not challenging, they're uh, exhausting on the body, uh, they're dark, dirty, and in many cases very dangerous. So the robots have first really come into the market where uh, the jobs really aren't appreciated anymore. People want to move on. Um, you know, our, our gray hairs are retiring, and... Uh, they're talking about uh, right now the industry is about an eight billion dollar industry globally, and by 2025 it's going to be close to 30 billion dollars. So mm. it, it's here. Yeah, and I was you know I was sitting down at a restaurant last night with some friends, and was looking over the. Um, how the restaurant was operating, and uh, uh, I was thinking, guys, you know, a robot, you could go in and, and give your order on an iPad, which you can't do in a lot of restaurants right now, and you could almost have a robot bring it out to you. You could uh, uh, see, the, you know, a good portion of even, even the service industry going to robots. You think that's a possibility or not? Uh, Target stores are already using uh, mobile robots to fill the shelves. So it, it's here, 
And, uh, you know, there are benefits to the manufacturer, the retail units, and so on to use robots uh, for many reasons. And one of them is that, you know, we have a skills gap and a, a, a workforce shortage. We have a decreasing workforce uh, situation. Uh, and the gray hairs are retiring at the rate of 10,000 people a day. So the people who are afraid of losing jobs, uh, that may be just a very short-term shortfall. And uh, you're, you are seeing it more and more, and uh, it, it's the way of the future. No question about it. Yeah, well, I wonder, uh, so you're not as concerned about the loss of jobs? Because that was my question. You know, you hear right. uh, in, in the presidential election, you know, particularly in the Midwest with automobile manufacturing and steel mills and all that kind of thing, you hear so much about how those jobs are moving overseas. So, uh, and, and there's a lot of people who can't find jobs. Uh, if robots are going to continue to take a, a, a high percentage of jobs and we're losing jobs overseas, that would shouldn't bode all that well for the American economy, should it? Well, here's the reality of it, and I, I, I listen to the same politicians that you do, and the reality is the idea of bringing, quote, quote unquote, bringing jobs back to America. Right now, we have three and a half million vacant jobs in manufacturing. Three and a half million. So if we bring back, quote, unquote, the jobs, we're going to have more vacancies, less people with the proper skills. Uh, the other the other night I did an event at New Jersey Institute of Technology, and they were talking about, for example, um, uh, uh, reinvesting time, money, and training with the veterans. We have a million point five veterans looking for jobs, but, but they're they're good. They're trained. They have a lot of skills. And they are getting jobs into manufacturing. And to, to your point, uh, I'm not worried about it because in 1890, we had 2,500 buggy whip manufacturers. And they were all panicking about the cars. The cars are going to take our jobs. So the buggy whip manufacturer people wound up working in the, the area of building cars. And that was really the first ro robots that came along with the automated assembly line that Henry Ford developed. So yeah. in the evolution of things, things happen. People will lose jobs. The coal workers are going to lose jobs. Maybe they need to be retrained. And there's so many training programs that the private enterprise, the schools, the community colleges are beginning to address. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My blacksmith is real worried about his future. He told me here this last last week. So, uh, uh, you know, putting the shoes on the horses. So, uh, <laughs> well, that's funny uh, you mention that because my other business that I have is All Metals and Forge Group, and we produce forgings, open die forgings. And I'll tell you the truth: you won't have to worry about a blacksmith losing his job because there are certain products that must have forgings and you need the skill of the blacksmith who spent 20, 30, 40 years learning his trade. They make very good money. They're well into the six figures. I wonder, do you, are you seeing this on a national level? You're right, there seems to be a lot of training programs out there, 
But I don't sense there's been any national coordination to where we're saying, look, you know, we're given uh, tons of money for for uh, maybe uh, redevelopment programs in some part of the country when actually people in certain areas just probably need to go move elsewhere where the jobs are and, and uh, we need to do a national training program. Is there that much of a, a national perspective over how we adjust and and affect people's lives and give them retraining or is it kind of piecemeal? How, how do you view that? Well, I think that up until a year or two ago it was kind of piecemeal and there were companies and I'll give you a perfect example of us at the time. Uh, steel, S-T-I- uh, HL is a tool manufacturer, and they are up in New Hampshire. And they, small work pool, couldn't get trained people, uh, so they suggested to five other manufacturers in the locale of where they're located and said, hey, why don't we five companies throw in a pot of money and create our own school? And that's what they did. And five companies are training people for different skills, and they have their own uh, training pool to draw new employees from. And it's been working very successfully. Uh, well, that's a great example of it. Yeah, so, uh, it's, a, it's a terrific example. And, and there's others. Uh, there's a gentleman in Arizona that we spoke with. Couldn't find anybody who can operate a CNC or, or a lathe. He went down to the local machine, the local motorcycle club. And hey, Lou, I got to hold that thought. Lou, I got to hold that thought because we can take a break. We're going to come right back with Lou Weiss. He's a national business consultant, and he's got some great ideas about training for the future. Fresh your coffee up. Right back. To Jim Brown's Common Sense, right here on the Genesis Communications Radio Network at GCNlive.com. Welcome back to Jim Brown's Common Sense. Now, here's your host and professor of thinkology, Jim Brown. We've been talking about the rise of robots and how manufacturing jobs can suffer. Lou Weiss is my guest. He's a national and international business and manufacturing professional, and uh, he's putting this perspective about the future. Lou, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but uh, and we're, we're about to finish up, but, but you were talking about, which I thought was interesting, where private businesses are getting together and saying, look, we've got to do some retraining uh, for jobs to, for some of these folks. We've got to make them computer literate and do some much more and let's do the training ourselves you seeing that as a trend across the country there are uh, many different uh, ideas that people are coming up with and one of them was an uh, outfit in arizona he went to a, a motorcycle shop and asked if any of these guys are unemployed would you like to learn how to run a cnc machine and he picked up three people put them into training with the company and they're now earning seventy-eight thousand dollars a year and they are uh, working in a manufacturing environment. There, there, two weeks ago, I was at the uh, German uh, consulate. They had a conference between uh, the German uh, individuals from the universities and industrial training programs there, talking with people like New Jersey Institute of Technology, talking about their system, which they've always had an apprentice program. They've now taken that another step further, and they have a mandatory, what they call a dual educational system, which means that two days a week, every student must work in a, um, a, a job manufacturing type position for two days a week. Three days a week, they go to regular school. 
So they're training their people from the ages of teenagers to get them into the idea that uh, manufacturing isn't dark, dirty, and dangerous, and the, the facilities that you're in are clean, you wear lab coats. Uh, there are many different trends coming about, and one thing that we do here that uh, we really need to train the parents that the student doesn't necessarily need to go to college, run up a $200,000 debt, move back at home, and can't get a job. We need to train the kids that manufacturing is a great alternative. Regarding uh, robotics, they have um, new, new, new uh, functions are coming about, the automated engineering, the robot programming. Uh, service maintenance, fixing and installation of equipment, training the employees on how to run the robots. Th these are all new jobs. So all the people that are complaining that they're going to lose jobs, they're wrong. Over the period of time, we already have uh, 940 companies in the world that are making robots. And I guarantee you within five years it's probably going to triple. So there's going to be a lot of jobs out there. It's going to take retraining. It's going to take people who are going to have to get off the dime and accept the fact that change is here. Yeah, you know, you make that point about college. Uh, it used to be that more of the elite, upper-class families uh, or uh, upper-middle-class would send their kids to college. There was a class system that we kind of accepted. Then in the last 30 years or so, uh, it became almost a, a prerequisite. You've got to get your kid through college. You've got to get that college degree. That's basic for him to get a good job. And there's a mindset that we've got to get over. Of, Look, there's nothing wrong. Uh, we don't have the luxury of letting you kind of loll around the university for the average gra graduate now graduates in six years. When I was going to college, if you didn't graduate in four years, there was a stigma on you. But now it's six years and the, the fraternity life, and well, that's all fine and dandy, but there are some solid jobs out there where someone can do very, very well. But we got to get over this mindset that you just have to go to college, don't we? No question about it. And part of the retraining of those people and students is that once a year, the first Friday in October, this is going to be the fourth fourth year, it's called Manufacturing Day. And these are five organizations, the National Association of Manufacturers being the lead, uh, the FMA, the Fabrication and Machining Association, they all got together and said, you know what, let's go to manufacturers all over the United States and on the first Friday of every October, let's open up the doors and invite students, teachers, uh, counselors, consultants, students, parents, invite them into manufacturing companies so that they could see what's going on. And it's been a huge success. It's coming up this October, the first Friday, Manufacturing Day. Take a look at it, manufacturingday.com. It, it's worthwhile. Uh, Manufacturing Talk Radio took uh, last year, we took 15 students from a high school, rented a bus, took them down there. And these kids were in awe of what they saw at a couple of the manufacturing plants that we took them to. So, yeah, you have to be thinking out of the box. 
Well, you got some good suggestions out there, Lou. And like I say, uh, I'm glad we had this chance to talk because I think a lot of people think, well, the robots are coming in and half the jobs are going to be gone. And, and actually, it causes a threat. And what you're saying is it, 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 it brings forth opportunities, what you're saying. And so, Lou, thanks so much for being on our show today. I hope you have a good weekend. Hope we'd like to have you come on back again and uh, take care. Lou, uh, for, you've got uh, Facebook and a number of things. If people want to find out more about your thoughts, do you have a website or what's the best way to kind of keep an eye on you? MFGTalkRadio.com. There's, uh, we do a live show on Tuesdays, but every show we've done, uh, which are now about 150 shows, are all podcasts. And there are probably a half a dozen shows about this particular topic. So oh, I highly recommend uh, for further information and even some guidelines on helping you find your way into the new world. MFYTalkRadio.com. I'll put that up on my MFG. website. MFG, I'm sorry. Right, okay, good. Well, Lou, thanks again. Thanks again. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Hope to talk to you soon as well. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.